This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas, aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. For Liverpool fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Liverpool videos and podcasts. Download the COP app for free now on the App Store and Google Play. everybody and welcome to the cop table podcast where tonight we're previewing the norwich versus liverpool game this coming uh, weekend so joining me once again we have jay riley you can get jay on the radio city fan friday talk show follow him on twitter at the cop hq and now with us uh, regular on the cop table so how are you jay bit of a, had a couple of weeks break haven't we how are you feeling yeah, I've been fighting a cold, haven't I, for a couple of weeks now, and I thought I'd got rid of it, and all of a sudden it's came back, but, you know, Shayla V, it's one of them, isn't it, with, you know, the footies being the one that we've missed, really, the last week or so, and, you know, we're all looking forward to this game against Norwich now, and just hoping that this, we've had Storm Kiara, and we've got a Storm Dennis coming, and just hope it doesn't interrupt our, our fixture at Norwich at the weekend, because there has been talk that, it's potential for it to be postponed, but you know, fingers crossed, the game still goes ahead. Yeah, like you say, uh, these these past couple of um, past couple of weeks, shall you say, where there's not been too good, and there was one or two called off at the weekend. Obviously, City's game was was postponed. 
postponed and like you say chances are um this one could be looked at as well but like you say fingers crossed that it'll uh, it'll go ahead or albeit not might not be the best uh, weather conditions to play a game of football in so jay we're gonna first look back to our, our last uh, premier league fixture when we we went up against southampton uh, and anfield didn't we and um come away victorious in that game um pretty decent performance but just give us your your thoughts on the game please jay well, Southampton have had a strange season because they started off awful, didn't they, really? And they got hammered at home against Leicester 9-0. And I was saying on the previous podcast that I, I just didn't know how Hasenhutl kept his job because when you lose any game of football in that manner, and especially at home in front of your home supporters, you, you just assume straight away that you know the manager's gonna it's going to cost him his job. And... To be fair to Southampton, they've stuck with them, and quite rightly so, because they're reaping the rewards of it now. You know, think they're a very good side, Southampton now, and very dangerous team. And so it proved really when they came to Anfield, because you know, in that first half, I mean, Liverpool very fortunate to not go in at half time behind, really, because although Liverpool had chances ourselves, and we should have had a penalty, shouldn't we, really? Um, for the foul, Shane Long on Roberto Firmino in the box where he dragged him down. Ridiculous not to get given the penalty for it. But to be fair to Southampton, I mean, they had numerous opportunities to score and he causes a lot of problems, really. And defensively, we were a little bit suspect. And you know, Joe Gomez struggled a little bit. Even Van Dijk wasn't as assured self. And you know, they got in that down the, the, behind the full-backs as well, Trent and Andy Robertson. And at times, I mean, Alisson was fantastic. He had, he was called upon on a number of occasions, really, to save us. And, you know, a couple of other opportunities that they had where Danny Ings hit one that probably was going in that ended up hitting Shane Long, his strike partner, and, you know, went to safety. So Liverpool were very fortunate, really, in the first half and something needed to change in the second half. And Klopp tweaked a few things, as he said in his after-match interview. And it just, we got, you know, as I say, he, when you score a goal early on in the second half, as we did through through Oxlade Chamberlain, I mean, it's always nice, isn't it? A, a nice boost, really, when you're not really playing the greatest. And and even that was, you know, there was there was a lot of uproar over that as well because Danny Ings had went on a little bit of a mazy run inside the box, and it, it looked like Fabinho left a leg in, didn't it? I mean, I've looked at the replay angles of it numerous times, and. I've I've heard people saying it was it was blatant, it was a stone waller, but I'm still not hundred percent convinced he even touches him. The only thing I will say, you look at the reaction from Danny Ings, and he's a good honest pro, and I, I think he went down in stages, but I think there must have been some sort of contact for the way he reacted, really. But I do think it it's not as cast iron as what some are making it out to be. I think it was a little bit clumsy by Fabinho. He did leave his leg in, but like I say, the contact was very minimal. And the referee let, waved it on, really. And Liverpool, as I say, went down the other end and scored. And, you know, the rest is history because we then went on to score 2, 3, 4 and, you know, win the game 4 nil. And 4 nil was an unbelievable scoreline, really. And it, it really did flatter Liverpool because even in the second half, Southampton didn't let their heads go down when it went 2 nil and 3 nil. You know, they still created opportunities and they still had chances, but... You know, obviously Liverpool's second goal was very good, wasn't it? Great play by Firmino and Jordan Henderson smashed it home. And then Mo Salah got a brace, didn't he, towards the end? A lovely ball by Jordan Henderson, which Mo Salah just about beat the offside trap and cool finish. And then 
right at the end to wrap it up and put the gloss on it and to make it 4 0 was a little bit of a lucky goal, really, where it sort of like rebounded and deflected back in off, off Mo Salah. And, you know, Salah's marching up that goal scoring chart now. I think he's only three off Jamie Vardy. He's on 17, Vardy, and I think Salah's on 14. So who knows? Maybe Mo will get to go for the hat trick of Golden Boots this season as well. Another personal accolade for him. But, you know, like I say, a massive three points for Liverpool yet again. And, you know, on this march to the title now, it's. Like I say, we got a bonus the next day as well with Man City, who, who lost in the against Spurs, and you know for Liverpool now to be twenty-two points clear and going into this game against Norwich with the opportunity to go twenty-five points clear. I mean, it's all over by the shouting. Really, it's just a matter of when now, not if that Liverpool get this Premier League title, and you know the good times are ahead, mate. Yeah, spot on, Jay. And then we moved on to the, um, well, it was the international break, wasn't it, for all all the first-team squad, the the majority, apart from the one player who has featured a little bit, which was Curtis Jones, in the FA Cup game against Shrewsbury, and very young side there. But um, just give us your, your thoughts, a little recap on, on the Shrewsbury game, Jay. Obviously, there was there was a, a lot of young boys out there, um, and, and they performed very well, I thought, uh, Dominated the game, controlled in, and 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 deserved the win. But just give us uh, your thoughts on that game and who was the standout performers for you from from the young lads, Jay? Like going into that game, I genuinely believed that they could have beat Shrewsbury. I really did have the faith that they'd be able to do it because a lot of the, them players played in the game really against uh, against um, Aston Villa in the Caribou Cup, and also some of them played against Everton. And and we've seen how good they are. I mean, it just goes to show that when you have the same blueprints from the youth system, the under-23s, right up to the first team, they all play the same way. And it, and it's not difficult to to actually impose yourself in that same type of style. Um, and I just, I really did think, you know, Shrewsbury were a League One side at the end of the day. And, and they'd had a taste of it this season, playing in the AFL Cup. And, he didn't do too well in that competition, but the fact of the matter is, this team, this group of players, are all familiar with each other and they play together, and that's why they probably put in a better performance than when they did away to Shrewsbury in the first game, when they basically had a couple of the senior pros playing and returning from injury. The likes of Fabinho and Lovren and Matapu were all really poor, weren't they, in the first game? And you're also, you know, obviously. We had Adrian in goal who saved us on a few occasions. But, you know, I just felt Liverpool, our kids just control the game, didn't they? I think Shrewsbury came with the, the mentality and attitude of its men against boys. And they tried to be physical and tried to bully us off the ball and bully us off the park. And it just never happened because they couldn't get near us. They couldn't get the ball off us. And our kids just basically give them the run around. And, you know... They would have to be very disappointed with it. It's like the froze on the big occasion, on the big stage, coming to a Premier League ground like Anfield. And they they froze more than the kids did, and the, the kids reveled in it, really. And the only thing I will say, they lacked a little bit of cutting edge. We never really had that many opportunities to score. Curtis Jones had a couple of chances. Um, Nico Williams had a couple of efforts as well. The right fullback, who was very good on the night. He's a very good attacking fullback. Um we did lack that little bit of cutting edge, really, didn't we? And, and you did think it was it was heading towards potentially extra time and penalties. And obviously they had the goal, didn't they? That got ruled out for VAR. And 
there was a few complaints about it and people moaning about it and saying Liverpool and all that over it and saying, you know, it's it spoilt it for, for, you know, everyone wanted the giant killing, didn't they? But it spoilt it a little bit. But fact of the matter is, if there was VAR in place in the first game, the penalty that Shrewsbury got to get back into the game wouldn't have stood because it was actually outside the box. And Liverpool also arguably should have had a penalty in that game because it was there was a handball incident. So... You know, like I say, if VAR was in place in the first game, Liverpool wouldn't have had to, to go through and draw a replay anyway. So, you know, VAR takes a lot of criticism and rightly so because it's farcical the amount of time it takes to, to get to these decisions and the intricacies of it all and the fine margins and what have you. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the decisions that they actually make, the, 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 a lot of them are correct, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Whether we like it or not, it disrupts the game. It's not ideal, it's not perfect, but nine times out of ten, they do seem to come to the correct decision. And he was offside in the build up, so you know, the goal didn't stand quite rightly so. Um, but like I say, Liverpool kept chipping away and having chances and long range efforts, and then obviously the goal came, didn't they? You know, not long before the end, and quite fitting really because the lad who scored the own goal was an ex Manchester United kid. and I mean, I heard a little story apparently when he used to play against Liverpool in the under-23s when he was at Manchester United. He used to think he was a little bit of an hard case, you know, Rocky Marshmallow type of character. And it was quite nice, really, that he scored an own goal on his game at Anfield in front of the cop to score the winner for us. So, you know, that was quite satisfying, really. But fantastic, really, for the, for the kids to get through. And, you know, we did speak about it, that we've got a really tough tough game in the fifth round now having me an away trip to Chelsea Stamford Bridge and remains to be seen what type of side Jürgen Klopp goes with I mean some of them kids deserve to start in that game regardless of being in the fifth round at a tough away Premier League ground and it's a competition why not why can't we go and win it but I do think Klopp will give the opportunity to some of them maybe the likes of Curtis Jones maybe the likes of Nico Williams and Pedro Chiravella because they're the three standout players, really, in the games that we've seen in the FA Cup so far. They're the three better performers of the young kids. But I do also think Sepp Vandenberg was very good as well against Shrewsbury. He's coming for quite a bit of criticism, really, since Liverpool signed him for three and a half million from um, the Dutch League FC Zwolle, is it? Something like that. Um, to me, he's looked totally and utterly out of his depth. Doesn't really look a, like a footballer to me when I've seen him. But you've got to remember, he's only, we signed him when he was 17. He's only just turned 18, I think it is. And he, he was he was brilliant, to be honest. He won absolutely every header. His positional sense had improved a lot since the other games we'd seen him in against Aston Villa and Arsenal in the Caribou Cup. Um, and when I've seen him in the under-23s, he's been making mistakes as well. So I didn't really hold out much hope for the lad, but... He was very good, I thought, on the night. He was certainly our best defender and he was he was very, very good, to be honest. And credit to him because, like I say, he's only a young boy and a lot of development to do. And to me, he's got a lot to prove to show that he is good enough. But, you know, a performance like that, it goes a long way and hopefully it's something for him to build on and confidence that he'll gain from it. Um, but like I say, into the next round and the treble's still on potentially, but... You know, let's be honest, Chelsea in the next round away from home is really difficult and it's a competition that Chelsea and Lampard will really be trying to win because it's probably the only trophy they can win this season. 
I know they're in the Champions League still, but they're probably unlikely to go very far in that now, Adi. They'll probably get knocked out in the next round of Bayern Munich, I think, in the next stage. So their focus is on probably winning the FA Cup and getting fourth in the in the Premier League this season. So I, I expect Chelsea to be stronger than what Liverpool are on the night in the fifth round game. So it will be tough, but you know, we're into the next round and we'll see what happens and what will be will be. Okay, spot on, Jay. Yeah. Um, so that's the the two previous games covered. So we're just going to um, take a little bit of a look at a look at the the transfer um, rumours that's been out the past couple of days, especially this morning. Um, lots of rumours going around from mainly that's um, originated from from over in Germany about Timo Werner. Obviously, um, he's he's got this really. He's closed, hasn't he, by all accounts, 50, 51, 55 million pounds, um, sorry, euros. So do you see um, this as a as a likely transfer that Liverpool are going to be be making in, in the summer transfer window, Jay? It's a strange one because Timo Wayne has been on the radar for, for years, really. I mean, even back to the days when the year before we signed Naby Keita, I mean, we signed Naby Keita, didn't we? And he stayed at Leipzig for a year and then we eventually got him and he's been in Liverpool now, what, two years? So you're talking three, four years ago, really, he's been on the radar, he's been liked ever since he was at Stuttgart as a young boy and then he made the move to Leipzig. And I, I'm not so sure about him myself. I mean, it's easy to get carried away and, oh, he's this, he's that. I've seen like, people dramatise things, don't they? And I, I try to judge a player, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's got really good stats. He scored a lot of goals and got a few assists and that this season. His goal contribution's very good. But every time I've seen him play, admittedly probably only about 10 times in my life, and probably six or seven of them are for Germany, international football, it just seems to flatter to deceive for me. I mean, you can't argue with his stats, you can't argue with the goals he scores. And he's quick, he's rapid. You know, he is a very quick player. But I think he misses a lot of chances, you know, and I just think he's a bit awkward at times. And he's every time I've watched him play for, for Germany, he's been terrible, and I mean terrible. Do you know what I mean? I think he's got one goal in seven games that I've seen him play for them, and he's been terrible in most of them. Um, I've seen him play for Leipzig a few times, and he's looked quite good at times, but not really stood out to me. You know, where you go, wow, I'd love him to be a Liverpool player. Um, and I watched him at the weekend when. Leipzig played against Bayern Munich in the stalemate and he missed an absolute sitter. And then he had another chance as well, which was in the first half, which yeah. is sort of like dragged wide. So missed a couple of chances there. And, and and that doesn't surprise me because, as I say, when I've seen him play for Germany, he just seems to miss chance after chance after chance. And, you know, we speak to, we've, we're in our WhatsApp group, we speak to um, Sam Maguire, don't we? He's, he's a Jano and he knows his stuff and yeah. he's been following him for, for many a year. And, he, he raves about him. He's been banging the drum for four or five years saying how good he is and what he thinks he'll he'll fit in at Liverpool. He's got all the attributes required. And, you know, I, I do value Sam's opinion. So, I, I, you know, credit where it is, then maybe, yeah, he, he probably would be a good signing. But as I say, I only judge it on what I see. And I, I'm not, I'm yet to be convinced by him. And he's 24 soon, isn't he? And I don't know. I mean, the only thing I will say is, I obviously would prefer Liverpool to sign a Sancho or someone like that, but 
it's just the price range, isn't it, mate? And uh, and when you consider Sancho's going to be around about a hundred million pounds, you just can't see Liverpool signing someone for hundred million unless we sell. And the facts are, we're not going to sell any of the front three, are we, this summer? So the likeliness of getting Sancho because of the way it spiralled out of control. I mean, it's common knowledge, Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards love Jaden Sancho. I mean, his stats are sensational. Not just goals, but assists as well with Sancho, isn't it? He'd be a perfect signing, a superstar signing with the you know the marketing side of things as well. We're obviously getting Nike as our new sponsor, but I just think it, the price is extortionate and, and Liverpool are just not that type of club that spends that type of money really, are we? And I think maybe the price range of Werner being half that price, around £50 million, he just fits the bill really and he, he's sort of like, he's versatile, isn't he? In the sense that he can play on the left he started his career on that side, I believe, and he's played a lot of his football there. And he's also played centre forward, of course. And, and he, he's also had a little stint on the right hand side for Leipzig under Nagelsmann. So I just think he probably is the one now, even though I have had me doubts up until recently. Um, one of the journalists from the Bundesliga has said that you know Liverpool are genuinely in, interested in him and. Apparently, sources close to the player have said that he prefers Liverpool over a move to Bayern Munich, whether or not it's down to the rivalry in the, in, in the German league with them and the two clubs, I'm not sure, but he's meant to favour a move to Liverpool. So, you know, if Klopp does want him and Michael Edwards wants him as well, and of course, you know, the price is right, then it looks like it, it could very well happen. Um, I'm still on the fence about it, as I say. I, I'm not going to sit here and wax lyrical about him and talk him up as though he's some big superstar because I'm yet to see it myself with my own eyes. But as I said before, go with what Sam's saying because you know he's he's watched him a lot more than me. He's followed his career for, for a number of years now. So it's a very intriguing one. And if Liverpool can get that wrapped up, it just gives us that extra option, doesn't it, in the forward department? Because you know when, what you've got to consider is Liverpool have only really got Divock Origi to turn to and he flatters to deceive, doesn't he, when he starts games. I mean, he's definitely better as an impact player off the bench. And I think at times you need to be able to mix it up. And I think the good thing Liverpool have got, if we did sign someone like Werner, if he played on the left-hand side, Sadio Mane could play up front and give maybe Firmino a breather at times. Or if, you know, someone's carrying a niggle or a knock, you know, it doesn't impact the team dramatically that much, does it? With, you know, in in the sense of and in terms of if if Mane's recently just been injured, hasn't he? And you know, I thought Liverpool at times struggled to break West Ham down in the first game. Where Origi playing to tell you the truth, and I know he won the penalty, but he, he just, as I say, when he's a starter, he's not great. He's better off the bench. So it's good to have a, an extra option of versatility and someone who's interchangeable. Like I say, he can cover the front three. So it probably does make sense, all things considered. So. Maybe this is a goer for the summer. Yeah, and with the likelihood of Mo Salah going to the to the Olympics now, isn't it? And also the attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov/eip to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov eip. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
African Nations Cup, it's it's going to be likely that we do need a, another body up there, just like you say, just for cover, even if um, Arigi is our main cover at the moment, we are going to need that extra extra body up there, aren't we? But just one of the other two players that, that could possibly be on the move in the summer uh, from from Liverpool, Jay, you've, you've got the likes of Lalana, haven't you? Shakiri, Lovren, you've all been linked with, with moves away and do you think that the club's going to be looking to, to replace these sorts of players or is he going to prom- promote from within with the likes of Curtis Jones and, and Harvey Elliott? So, so how, how do you see that one playing out, Jay? I think there's certainly a, a shout, isn't he, for some of them players to be promoted, um, to be given more of an opportunity because they've, they've showed their worth, haven't they, in these FA Cup games when they've been called upon. Curtis Jones certainly looks a player, doesn't he? He's... he's for an eighteen, well, I think he's nineteen now, isn't he? He's he's not half grown. He's a bit. He's a big presence. He's a big lad, isn't he? And he's like a man, really. He's not like the way Harvey Elliott's still got a lot of growing to do because he's only sixteen. Curtis Jones looks ready, doesn't he? Really, and he does deserve opportunities. I think you know he he looks a footballer to me. He certainly got all the attributes needed to go to the very top, and you know quite rightly so. He should be given opportunities. What you're saying there about the, the fact that the likes of Lalana and Lovren, Shakiri, yeah, they probably all all likely are to leave Liverpool in the summer. The same with Harry Wilson, who's on loan at Bournemouth. I really can't see him getting given game time next season. I think he'll be off in the summer as well because, if anything, I think Curtis Jones would be ahead of him now in the pecking order. I think Wilson's 21, 22. So Curtis Jones is a few years younger. And to be honest... I'm not saying he's better because Addy Wilson's proved himself a little bit in the Premier League this season, but I just think Curtis Jones suits suits what Liverpool want more, really, you know, in terms of the way we play, not just about having scoring fancy free kicks and what have you, the way Harry Wilson does, because and that's not being critical of him saying that's all he does, because he is a good player and hopefully Liverpool, if they do sell him, will get about twenty five million pounds for him. But I just think there's there's no real place for him in the team, is there? And I think Curtis Jones is probably the one that's maybe forcing him out the door in that sense in terms of a a, a youngster who, who who's going to be filling the squad for next season a lot more than maybe he, he has done this season. Maybe next season he'll get a lot more first team game time, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I think the likes of Shakiri will be off. Lovren will be off because he, he was very nearly off, wasn't he, last summer really, to tell you the truth. And the only thing with Lovren, I'd say, is he's he's fourth choice isn't he and you're thinking the likes of Vandenberg as I said before he's still in a young and he's had you know he's, he's got a lot of development to do same with, with Hoover as well you know a lot of development to do there with him even though he looks like he's got a good future so I think Liverpool may well dip into the transfer market for a centre half to the PlayStation Lovren but it's not going to be a big money signing like a cooler barley or anything because Joe Gomez and uh, Joel Matip are obviously the right up there in the pecking order to partner Virgil van Dijk. So you are probably looking at a prospect, really. And when I say a prospect, the likes of Hoover and Vandenberg at 18, whereas I'm talking someone who's maybe 20, 21. So maybe that Ben White at Brighton, I'm not sure. I mean, there was talks of him a few months ago, but, you know, seems to have gone a little bit quiet now. But, you know, he's certainly one that probably will fit the profile, really, isn't he? Might be able to get in for twenty million. Say we got fifteen for Lovren, 
you know, add five million to it to get like a young prospect like like Ben White. But you know, that's just because he's been spoken about recently. I'm not sure if there's any genuine concrete concrete in, interest in him, but he probably would fit the billing. Um, and I think we probably do need a backup for for Andy Robertson, don't we? Because the likes of Adam Lewis and, and Yasalarucci, I just don't think they're quite good enough to be honest. I mean, Lewis done well again in the game against Shrewsbury and. Like Larucci's done well in other games as well. I mean, I know he gave the penalty away in the first game, but as I say, it was outside the box really. But he done really well in the derby against Everton when he came on for the injured James Milner early on in that game. But like I say, I just don't think they're quite up to the standard required really for me. And James Milner's thirty four now, and he can still fill in there, but it's not ideal for someone like him no more really. And I just think deep down that we do need a little bit of cover there so again probably similar to a young up-and-coming prospect like Ben White at centre-half maybe it'll be a young up-and-coming prospect as well at left-back because you can't expect to get an experienced pro or someone who's in the mid-twenties to compete with Andy Robertson for the position because they want regular game time you know You've got to be looking at the the 20, 21, 22 year olds who don't mind being a bit part player and you know wait for their opportunity to to get into the team. And you know I'm not sure about names out there, but you know as I say this weekend we're coming up against Norwich and they've got a decent one themselves there in Jamal Lewis. And you know I think he's every time I see him play, I think he's very capable, very very adequate enough anyway to be a cover for Liverpool. Maybe not first choice, but he's only young and maybe someone like that we may maybe target in the summertime, especially because they're obviously it looks like they're gonna go down this season, doesn't it? So you might think you'd be able to get them for, for a decent sum of money in the summer. So yeah, there's the certain certainly other areas of the team that needs looking at, you know, just to add a little bit of squad depth for next season. But you know, Liverpool have got a, a nice pool of 15 to 18 players who are all top class and, you know, we don't really need to make too many changes as long as we keep a hold of all the main players that we've got and a few little additions here and there. But, you know, I suppose Timo Werner would be the big one in the summer. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how, how that one one plays out between now and uh, when the window opens. Jay, so looking forward to the, the game at the weekend, Norwich away. Um, I've seen them once, once or twice. Obviously, we played them in the first game, didn't we? And we, I think, we beat them for was it four nil or or four one. Um, but I thought the the, the scoreline slightly flattered us in the in that first game. And from what I'm seeing in, in bits and pieces, they're, they're not a bad football inside. Um, so what what sorry, what um, threat do you expect that Norwich are going to pose us at the weekend? Please, I feel I feel a little bit sorry for them because. Opening day of the season, they came to Anfield, they were on a hiding to nothing. We were European champions, we were the first game on the Friday night football, Anfield was bouncing, and the first half it was 4-0, could have been 6-7. Second half, they came out and they, they were dangerous, they were very, in fact, even at times in the first half, they were dangerous. And I remember thinking to myself, there was a lad in midfield who had long hair, and he called Todd Campwell, didn't know his name at the time. And I thought, he looks a player him. I messaged my uncle while I was at the game, said, I think he's number 14 or something. I said, who's that number 14 for them? He looks a player him. And obviously he established that it ended up being Todd Campwell. And, and as the season's gone on, he, he, every time I've watched him play, he, he's really impressed me. 
And I think he scored, what, six goals this season, got four assists or something, which for a player playing in a team that's, you know, rock bottom of the Premier League and won four games all season, you know, it's quite impressive, really. Do you know what I mean? Considering Pookie's people, Pookie scored a lot of goals, hasn't he? You know, for um, for Norwich. Well, he started off well and then he tailed off a bit and then he started scoring a few more recently. Um, but I think Campwell's the second highest scorer for them and like I say, every time I watch him, he's got great energy levels. He's got a he's got a good eye for a pass, and he presses. He he can assist. He can score. To me, I think he's a very good player, and he's only young. I think he's twenty one, and I do believe Liverpool have been monitoring him, whether or not it's anything serious. I mean, I'm not so sure, but he's certainly on the radar. But he's a very good player for me. Um, and 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 like I say, he stood out on the night, but. I mean, in the second half, they did cause us a few problems and they eventually won the second half because, you know, it was 4-1 in the end and Pookie scored, didn't he? And, you know, I just think they, they showed signs there in that one particular game, which was the blueprint to the basically the way their season's gone. That's all 25 Premier League games so far because they do look good in an attacking sense, but they can't keep the back door shut and... They're just so open and they just they just concede too many goals, do you know what I mean? But to be honest with you, they've done all right recently. I think they're unbeaten in three at home at Carroll Road. They, they drew with Tottenham 2-2, drew with Palace one all and beat Bournemouth 1-0. And, you know, they, they did beat Man City at Carroll Road earlier on in the season as well, 3-2, which was surprising. Um, you know, you wouldn't imagine City had struggled against a team like Norwich because they are so open. They beat them 3 2, and the the no mugs at home in particular. And, and like I say, they'll be right off for the game. But the, the type of team, aren't they, where it's right up Liverpool Street, really, because they're not going to kick you off the park. They're not going to be physical, trying bombard you with set pieces and get in your face and all that. They're going to have a game of footy with you, basically, aren't they? And they're going to, in, in a way, a similar style to Liverpool. In terms of liking to get it down, pass it round, and try and be direct at times, and try and create opportunities, and and, and have a go, and not be, not sit back and be defensive minded. Um, so I, I, I'm expecting it to be an entertaining game, and I'm expecting them to probably create chances and cause a few problems. To be fair, um, and, and even score against us, but. The, the thing is, it's you worry for them defensively and, and how they're going to keep Liverpool out. The only thing I will say is sometimes Liverpool, after a break, I mean, they've had this mid-season break now, sometimes it takes us a bit of time, a game or two, to get the mojo back, to get the cohesion back and momentum. And you know, we, we can be a little bit disjointed at times. And that's my only fear going into this game. Now, you, you know, realistically, if Liverpool were on a roll and it was our third game on the bounce or something, you know, in, in 10 days or whatever, you would look, think Liverpool put four or five past these. But because it's after the mid-season break and it's because we, we notoriously can be a little bit disjointed, it, it, it has got a little potential banana skin on it. Not in the sense that I would, I'd never have any fear of us losing this game, but potential for them to cause us a few problems and we might have to, you know, at times it might be a little bit ropey and, you know, we need to make sure we get the goals that, you know, be clinical when we get our opportunities. Because we will get opportunities. We just need to make sure we take our chances and make sure we get the three points. Because, look, the, the title's done and dusted for me, and it has been for a while. Um, 
not only of Liverpool just being winning, go, you know, go game after game after game, three points after three points after three points. Manchester City have helped us as well because they've been slipping off left, right, and centre, and you know we've amassed such a, a massive lead now that's not going to be, you know, pulled back. So, so the title's over. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if Liverpool did drop points in Norwich, but. Let's be honest. This this should not be happening. I mean, Liverpool should be going there and winning comfortably. Um, but like I say, I do feel sorry for them because they're going back down. But they've not really spent much money. After they've working with the nucleus of the same group of players that that got them promoted, really, and they've tried to trust in the methods of Daniel Farker, the manager. And you know, you can't argue and you can't say you don't like his vision and and how the game's played because they do play football the right way and. Some might say what is the right way, but you know what I mean. It's like they don't try and they don't lack discipline. They don't try and kick it off the park. That that they are actually easy on the eye to watch. So I just I just think that it should be an enjoyable game of football, providing the weather doesn't ruin it and providing it doesn't get postponed by Storm Dennis. But you know I'm looking forward to a game of football on Saturday evening, and you know to be entertained and there should be goals in the game and. Like I say, I, I do respect Norwich certainly being at home at Carroll Road, but you'd have to be say, thinking Liverpool will get the three points against them. Yeah, and um, just going into this game, Jay, it looks like now the, the likely others with Mane back in training, and I think Shaqiri's back in training, Lovren, the likely others we're going to be going into this, this game for the first time this season with a fully fit squad. So with that... Bearing that in mind, what's what's going to be your predicted starting eleven for this game, Jay? Well, they're all rested up, aren't they? Because they've been, you know, on the travels here, there, and everywhere, and you know they were still training, weren't they? Whilst they were in the various locations across the world, and they've been back in training here at Melwood since since Monday. So, you know, there's there's no reason whatsoever for to not go full strength, really, because. You know, you don't want to take your foot off the gas, do you? As I say, I think the title's definitely over. Like, we've won it, but, you know, Klopp won't look at it like that. He, he, you know, he take each game as it comes and he'll certainly be going full strength, I think, in this game. And I know we've got Atletico Madrid having me a couple of days later in the in the Champions League first leg in, this, in, the, in the Wanda Metropolitano. But, you know, like I say, the only dilemma for me is whether or not Sadio Mane starts or he... Leaves them, leaves them really fresh for the Atletico Madrid game. But I think what will probably happen is he will start them and give them maybe an hour and then see how he is and take them off and wrap them in cotton wool ready for the game in the Champions League in Madrid. Um, there's no reason why it shouldn't be the strongest possible team for me. And like I say, since Alexander-Arnold at right-back, left-back Andy Robertson, centre-half Pierre the Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez with Alisson between the sticks behind them. And then in midfield, obviously Jordan Henderson's been fantastic the last two or three months. And, you know, he's the cap- captain leading by example every game. And, you know, he should start this game too. The midfield, I mean, the front three, you know, as I say, Mane, Salah, Firmino. And then the midfield for me is always the one where you think we've got a couple of different options there to pick and choose from. Um for Benio, Naby Keita's back from injury now, you've got Oxlade-Chamberlain um, but I, I just think you know, Gini Wijnaldum as well so I, I think it's the dilemma is will he start for Benio? and then you've got to look, who misses out out of Oxlade-Chamberlain and Wijnaldum that's the toss-up for me, 
and even then you I'm, I'm excluding Naby Keita aren't I so it's 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 like the we have got quite a lot of options in midfield and people say it's our weakest area of our team but we've got quite a lot of options there probably more than anywhere else in the team because don't forget I haven't even mentioned James Milner who, who I think I'm led to believe is still out injured his knees the only one that's not 100% fit for the game um, and also you could you could argue Shakiri because he can play there as well but he can also play in the forward three so Liverpool have got strength in numbers there in midfield. Adam Lallana as well, another one. So, to me, it's always the dilemma of who plays in the in the midfield three. I think Jordan Henderson's an absolute shoo-in, um, and I would probably go with Fabinho and Oxlade-Chamberlain. I've been a little bit critical of Oxlade-Chamberlain the past month, because I think when he started the games against Spurs away, Manchester United at home, and the Wolves away game. I thought all three games were big games. I thought he flattered the receiver in all three, didn't play well, struggled in in all of them. And then I was made to look a little bit silly in the game against West Ham and Southampton because he scored in both of them. So I think on that basis, because he's be, he's proven to be a goal scoring threat from midfield, Oxley Chamberlain has to start in this game for me. Um, especially when you consider Liverpool are probably going to have quite a few opportunities. They're quite open, so it's probably right up the street of someone like Oxley chamberlain to, to smash one in from 20, 25 yards. So for me, I think that'll be my midfield three of Henderson, Fabinho and Oxley chamberlain with the likes of Naby Keita, Minamino, um, Gini Wijnaldum, Origi, all them on the bench, potential to call upon to bring on in the second half. Okay, cheers, Jay. Yeah, um, should be an interesting lineup this uh, this weekend with, like we say, a, a fully fit squad to choose from, which has been a, a rarity of of late with Jurgen Klopp's uh, sides. So, just before we uh, go, we always do our our score predictions and um, our reasons. So, if you want to go first, Jay, and give us your your score line prediction and a reason for that, please. Well, as I said before, I do think Norwich could cause us a few problems and it's never, ever ideal you know, from a break, whether it be an international break or whether it be the mid-season break as it is now, whether or not it be FA Cup weekends where you know Liverpool very rarely go strong anymore, so players are rotated. So it can upset the rhythm of the team a little bit. Um, I do think Norwich, as I say, we've seen them at Anfield, they, they cause us problems, they scored... I do think Norwich will score in the game. I really do. Um, Carroll Rhodes, R5 kickoff under the lights, will probably be bouncing. Um, you know, a, a, quite a small, tight, packed ground. I think they'd be rattled right for it. Um, but Liverpool are just absolutely fantastic, aren't they? With like a, a well-oiled machine, you know, chaining out the wins on this match of the Premier League title. Our first for 30 years. Simply can't wait for it all. Can't wait to be given that fantastic trophy and for all the celebrations and the parade and everything around the city but you know we've still got a job to do we've still got to get six wins we need now and you've got to be looking at this to be one of the games where you know to reduce it to five wins needed because you know not at City as we've seen this season they can cause a few problems for teams and they're not bad at home but the bottom of the table for a reason there's 25 games gone on the bottom they're well adrift and they're going down simple as that um, but they've got some really good honest players so I'm expecting an entertaining game but I do think they're very open and Liverpool are probably likely to have around 20 to 25 opportunities in this game to score and the way it works on a ratio 
you've got to be looking at scoring three or four goals in this game. And for me, I think, you know, there is the potential for us to be a little bit rusty, a little bit disjointed, but I can't see anything other than a comfortable Liverpool victory. So my prediction for the game on Saturday at Carroll Road will be Norwich City 1, Liverpool 3. OK, so uh, a 3-1 prediction for Jay there in the favour of uh, of Liverpool. Yeah, so my own thoughts on the on the fixture at the weekend. Previous times when we've come back from these inf- international breaks, like Jay touched on there, we have looked... Um, sorry, not... International breaks. This well, they have looked in in the international breaks a little bit rusty, but this has been like a a mid season winter break, hasn't it? And we we don't seem to to have a favourable performance after these these little breaks that we have. So I can just see us starting off a little bit slow and taking a little bit of time to get into the into our stride once again. So I'm just gonna err on the side of caution a little bit, and I'm gonna go with a with a two nil victory to Liverpool. Like I say. Probably need to take a little bit of time to, to get up to speed once again after after the break that they've had and for the players to get to get used to playing that, that high intensity Premier League football once again and um hopefully in the second half they'll they'll come out a lot stronger like we, we've been known to do, especially um a lot this season under Jurgen Klopp. So I'm gonna go with a with a two nil victory for Liverpool um in this fixture against Norwich at the weekend. So, just before we go, we have to say our, our thanks to the LFC day trippers, Gav and all the lads over there for putting out our podcasts every week. Big thanks to the at LFC online, uh, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter pages that put out all our podcasts on their platforms. Don't forget to keep up to date, like we say all the time, with the, the No More Knives campaign with Paul Bentley. We've we've been supporting them from, from the start of the season and he's on board with us and he's doing lots of great things over there and hopefully in the future we're going to be doing one or two things um, together as well so yeah just just keep up to date with that No More Knives campaign and show all your support to Paul um, as and when you can please so that's the Norwich versus Liverpool cop table preview podcast all done and um, we'll be back with our, our next uh, Premier League fixture preview podcast later on next week so thanks everybody for listening and uh, speak to you all very soon goodbye I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense, anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the table? No, chairs, too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Podcast Network.